0: Our scripture passage today uh, comes from Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. Um, you can read along with me and uh, open it up on your, your Bible or uh, Bible application, starting in verse 1. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow." But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has hears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables, though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear. Or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's hearts, for this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their, eye, with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they, they have no root, they last only for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, choke on the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, Yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks, Thanks Gray. Uh, my name is Brian Sorgenfry, one of the pastors on staff, and really good to be with you. Uh, I am actually uh, now, I think, 18 years married to uh, Liza. And I would have to say, a, uh, a common theme of uh, frustration uh, that Liza has with me uh, probably is uh, around this question. We'll just say, Brian. Did you not listen to me, or how did you not hear me? And uh, I actually get it. I, I, I get why it's so frustrating. I can be standing there in the kitchen, and Liza will ask me something. She'll say, "Hey, can you can you grab the olive oil?" And I'll actually re- I'll actually say something like, "Yeah, sure, sweetie. Uh huh." But I'm like looking at my phone or something else, and so everything about me appeared to be listening. And then, you know, four minutes later, Liza will say, uh, where's the olive oil? I'm like, what are you talking about? And, and she just says, I, like, how, like, how does that happen? Like, how were you not listening? Like, words came out of, out of this woman I love's mouth. They went into my ears, but it never actually went in and, and kind of changed my actions. And we know this. The problem of listening isn't something new just because, like, technology is here. It's always been a problem. And in world history, Scripture claims there is one person for which listening to is a matter of actual life and death. In the Gospel of John, uh, Peter one time looks at Jesus and says, you have the words of life. And so this hero we've been looking at in Matthew, uh, this Jesus claims to have words that bring eternal life. And to not listen to him means that we miss out on life itself. Yet, I think we all struggle to listen to Jesus. Uh, And my question I want us to ask is, why is it so hard? Like, why is it hard to listen to Jesus? I mean, you might be investigating Christianity this morning, and this might be one of your struggles. You might say, look, I've been to church a lot. (laughs) I've listened to sermons. I've even read the Bible, and nothing changes. It doesn't seem like listening to him matters at all. Or you might have been a follower of Jesus for a long time, and you admit that Jesus' words are kind of eternal life. And yet, I don't know, if you're like me, there's some days where you're like, yeah, I read my Bible this morning. But if somebody asks you what you read in the afternoon, you're like, I don't remember. (laughs) But I sure can remember the ESPN headline I saw, or the news headline I saw, right? Like, why do those capture my attention more than Jesus' words? This parable, this story that Jesus tells, his explanation, I think it's fascinating. It explains why it's so hard to listen to Jesus, but also will draw you to him if you understand it. So, I just want to look at three things with you this morning. Uh, The purpose of Jesus' teaching in parables, why does he do that? The problem that we actually have, and then what is the proper response? Okay, and I listened to a sermon from Tim Keller a long time ago. You're going to hear this nugget come out at the end. It, it made me understand the parable, which meant, I guess, for 20 years, I was listening to the parable wrongly, which means I was blind. <laughs> uh, and so that and kind of some of the outline uh, is coming from him. But um, first, the purpose, all right? This is verse 10 through 17 in the middle, right? This, this large crowd has gathered on a beach to listen to Jesus. So that's it's, right. That beach would kind of serve as an amphitheater when Jesus was in the boat. And he tells a story about a man sowing seed, and depending on where it lands, different, thing happen, different stuff happens to the seed. And the disciples, right, in verse 9, after hearing the story that everybody else hears, they come and ask Jesus, why are you speaking in parables? In other words, the disciples hear this story from Jesus, and they're kind of confused. They don't understand the story. They're saying, Jesus, this, this story you told us about this guy scattering all this seed, that's a nice story, but it, it's, it's hard to understand. We're confused. Why are you teaching this way? And Jesus' answer for why he teaches in parables, I think it's really odd. Because I, I kind of grew up in a church background. I grew up thinking that Jesus taught in parables to make difficult spiritual concepts easy to understand. That's what I heard. The problem is Jesus says the exact opposite, right? Look at verse 13 17. He says, this is why I speak to them parables that seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear. And then he quotes from Isaiah to show that his teaching sometimes leaves people more blind, more confused, more dark, and more dull. What in the world? (laughs) Like we think parables are supposed to make difficult things more easy to understand, But Jesus just said his parables do the opposite. They actually leave people with more questions, more confusion, more dull. Why is that the case? Why are there so many people, after they're hearing Jesus teach, are actually more confused? Are filled with more questions? And I'd say that's the point of the parable. The whole reason Jesus tells this this story is to expose the problem that we have and how he meets us in it. And so what's the problem? What is the problem that Jesus is exposing in, in this story? Because the, the parable explains why it's so hard to listen to Jesus. And why, why uh, when we listen to Jesus, so often we're left with uh, confusion rather than clarity. Right? So this man sows seed, and depending on the condition of the soil, the seed does different things. And we're told that the, uh, the seed is equal to God's word. It's the same seed that's going in different soil. And the soil represents conditions of the heart, all right? And so this parable is actually teaching us that the reason that it's hard to pay attention to and to listen to Jesus is the condition of our hearts. That's the problem. Parables leave people more confused sometimes rather than more clear, not because there's anything wrong with Jesus, not because there's anything wrong with his teaching or or his word, right? The seed is good seed, The problem is our hearts. The soil of our hearts make it hard to listen to Jesus. So I just want to walk through the different uh, types of soil, show that condition of our heart and why it makes it hard to listen to him and show that to us. Right. So there's three things about our hearts according to this parable that make it really difficult for us to listen to Jesus and his words of life. The first soil, verse 3, that explains verse 19 it's hard. It's probably the path that he walked on every day and so was, was made very firm. And so when seed hits that, some birds come in and devour it because it never goes, in, never goes in. And so one of the things that makes it hard to listen to Jesus is a hard heart. And a hard heart is always a proud heart. So look, in every one of these, I'm going to use an example from my own life not necessarily listening to Jesus, but why it was hard for me to pay attention in in college class and why I didn't listen, okay? I was a solid average student in college, C's, B's, and A's, okay? So maybe, maybe you can relate to me, but sometimes I didn't hear a teacher in class, and the reason I didn't pay attention was because I felt like I was taking a subject that I already sufficiently knew, And so why do I need to listen if I already know this? Like maybe it was English 101 and the teacher was talking about how to write a paper. And I just thought I already knew how to write a paper. And so if I already know how to write a paper, though I'm in class, why am I going to listen to this? So I just kind of zoned out and I daydreamed instead. Because what's the point of listening if I'm not going to learn anything new? Right? Make sense? That is the hard heart of verse 3. It's hard to listen to Jesus. It's hard to pay attention to His Word when we're proud and we think we already know it all. And a lot of people miss Jesus. They miss His words because they think they have nothing new to learn. We think we've always already heard it all. Ironically enough, two weeks ago in our Friday morning guys Bible study, we were studying the parable of the uh, of the ta- or this was last week, the tax collector and the Pharisee. All right. If you know this story, the Pharisee comes in and he thanks God for all the things that he's done and hasn't done. He thanks God that he's not like this tax collector, that he's the good guy. And literally as I was preparing, I read that story and I'm like, man, I've read this parable so many times. You know what the thought in my head was? I'm glad I'm not like this Pharisee. I hope you're picking up on the irony of this, (laughs) that the whole parable's point was to reveal the emptiness of trusting in your own goodness by comparing yourself to others. And I thought I so had the parable down, I was like, man, I'm glad I'm not like that Pharisee. Which was the whole point, right? That's the blindness. If I think I've got this, and therefore his stories are always about other people, the seed never goes in. That's the point Jesus is is making. A proud heart will never listen to Jesus. So look, if you're here this morning... Or if you're ever, you know, there on Sunday morning, you're hearing a sermon, and the first thought comes in your head is like, man, I wish so-and-so were here to hear this. That thought, (laughs) that thread of self-righteousness is thinking, somebody else needs to hear Jesus' words more than me. And that means the word doesn't go in. And that's when Satan is at work, and the birds will take it away. That's why people that always seem to miss Jesus in the Gospels are the good people. Because Jesus says he did not come for the healthy, he came for sick. And the good people, the people that think they figured it out, there is no need to listen to Jesus anymore because we, because we know it all. And our, our denomination, Presbyterian, which I love, this is also our problem is we think we figured it out. We think we have perfect theology and we can't learn from others. And therefore we miss it. And so first, it's hard to listen to Jesus with a hard and proud heart that thinks we know it all. But second of all, He talks about another uh, type of soil, verse 5 and 6, and explains in verse 20 and 21, the rocky soil. And this soil, we'll call it a self-interested heart, okay? Why else did I uh, struggle to pay attention uh, in class in college? I can remember a class I took uh, called music appreciation, all right, my freshman year. Uh, It was an elective, so I had to take it, and I just never listened, I literally went to music appreciation, would go to the union to have breakfast and watch The Price is Right uh, after that. If you asked me an hour after what I'd, what I'd heard in music appreciation, I'd probably have been like, I'm not sure. Why? <laughs> because I did not, <laughs> there was no understanding of why this music appreciation class that I had to take as an elective, why it was useful to me at all. <laughs> had nothing to do with my major. I'm certainly never going to be a musician so because I didn't find it useful, because I couldn't figure out why in the world I would need this in life, I just didn't listen. Because unless that info would help me out, I just kind of flushed it out. That's the shallow and rocky soul. It's a self-interested heart. It can be really hard to listen to Jesus when we only think Jesus is useful. If we only think in terms of, okay, is this benefiting me? He does benefit you, but if that's the only grid... Then you'll quit listening when? When suffering comes. When trials come. Because trials make it feel like it's not worth listening to Jesus. He's not useful. And that's what he says, right? That's that's what the uh, rocky soil is. Trials. It it scorches it up. So there's an interesting passage in John. I think it's 6. All these people are following. Over 5,000 people are following Jesus. He does this miracle of of, bread of bread where he feeds them their tummies are full it's miraculous and they're following him they're all excited and then he turns around he starts preaching and he says unless you eat the flesh of the man uh, of the son of man and drink his blood you'll have no share with me and so Jesus moves the discussion from I did this great miracle for you to now you have to trust me submit to me follow me you know what happens after he after he preaches that sermon four thousand uh nine hundred and eighty eight people leave the only people left are the 12 disciples it's like the worst sermon ever preached in the history of church history he reduced his crowd from five thousand to 12 people why because he moved the dis- there are a bunch of people that are excited about following jesus he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna make our lives great we're gonna get all this food we're gonna get our things provided for it. and then when he says actually it's going to be about following me submitting to me your life's going to get hard like i don't want to listen to this anymore That's the shallow and rocky soil because fruit begins to spring up, but trials and persecution makes it feel like, well, Jesus isn't useful anymore. He's not doing what I thought he would do in my life. Why am I listening to him? I used to see this happen a lot in college, right? Uh, Jesus didn't give me the boyfriend or girlfriend I thought I needed. What's the point? So I'm going to go about my own principles of how to do this, Or Jesus has not given me the family that I thought. Or my kids aren't turning out like I thought. Or my pain, my chronic pain won't go away. Jesus isn't working for me. I'm just going to go figure this out myself. And it's just hard to listen to Jesus if I have a proud, self-righteous heart or if I have a self-interested heart that just wants to make him useful. But then thirdly, there's this, you know, uh, verse 7, verse 22, there's the seed that uh, falls on the soil that has all kinds of thorns. And that's a distracted heart, right? Again, back to me. It was hard to listen to my professors when there's something more important on my mind. I learned the hard way that I should never take, in the fall, I should never take a class in college after 2 p.m. on Friday. Because I never heard anything. Because by, by 2 p.m. on Friday, all I was thinking about was the big home football game coming the next Saturday. Because that certainly was more important than calculus. And so it didn't matter what the teacher was talking about. If we were playing LSU, I was fantasizing fantasizing about what was going to happen in that game. And so I just didn't hear. And Jesus says it's really hard to listen to him if we have a distracted heart. Sometimes the seed goes in, it starts to grow, but thorns choke it out. And what were the thorns? The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. Look, money and riches aren't bad. The cares of the world aren't bad. Those are actually good things. The problem is they absorb our attention more than Jesus. There's a pastor I know who says, whatever has our attention actually has our affections. And whatever has our affections begins to control us. So whatever has your attention is actually going to control you. And see, it's just hard to listen to. It's hard to receive Jesus and I'm so absorbed and distracted with other things because they seem so important. And let's just be honest. What crowds out Jesus, even on Sunday mornings or in ordinary life, it's just the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. Again, not necessarily bad things. It's just all the stuff I'm worried about. You know, keeping the trains running on time in my life and my family life to get the kids to school or, 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 or the plans that are coming to Thanksgiving, that's what I start focusing on. Again, they're not bad, but when those begin to capture my attention, attention, when those things start feeling like they're my security, they're my life, that those things make me okay, then it'll begin to crowd out Jesus. Sometimes what crowds out Jesus is all the stuff that we're doing for Jesus. Have you ever felt that? (laughs) Yet it feels like it's been a long time since I've listened to him, loved him, received him, abided in him. That's the distracted heart. And so connect all the dots on the different types of soul. Parables in his teaching leave us confused and dull because it's hard to listen to Jesus because of self-righteousness, self-interest, and distractions because I think I know what's most important. Which means the similar thread in all those that makes it hard to listen to Jesus, I know it all. I know how my life should go. I know what it looks like, which means the problem is my self-absorption. The problem is my own selfishness. If I sit in pride with life being all about me because I know what's best, then the, the, the end result of interaction with Jesus actually might leave me more confused, more dull, more dark. And what little understanding was there might actually be taken away. It's actually a warning from Jesus. So where's the hope then? And the hope, and really this is the point of the parable, the hope is the proper response. There is a good soil where the seed goes in and produces fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. So what's the good soil? Well, look at verse 11 and 16. Again, this was like the eye opener to me. The disciples come to, are told this, To you it's been given the secrets. Blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Okay, so the disciples have heard the disciples have understanding the disciples are the good soil how is that the case like how did the disciples get in the secret club of understanding the parable like what what's the deal and here you go the big secret is this there is no secret they just asked Jesus that's it (laughs) everybody else heard the same story everybody else heard the same parable but what did, the, what did the crowds do? Apparently, like, like all the conditions of the soil, the, the crowds heard this story and they just either thought, all right, I got this. <laughs> or they realized that they had some farming they had to do or they had to go catch some fish so they got out of there. Or I don't know, whatever else. But the disciples came to Jesus and said, we don't understand what you're talking about. And when they said, help me, when they said, we don't get it, when they said, we're really broken and messed up, Jesus said, okay, here it is. Here, here's what this parable's about. The disciples had humility. And when the disciples had humility, there was Jesus revealing himself, showing himself, showing he's better than you thought. That's the secret. Jesus actually teaches in parables that, yes, leave, leave us with questions and sometimes more confused and more dark. Why? So as to provoke humility. Because humility is the soil where Jesus' word grows. And the the disciples are demonstrating what good soil looks like. They're coming to Jesus. And we know from church history that they produce fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. We're still reading their words now because they came to Jesus with their confusion. See, this is the good news. Of course, we have hard hearts, (laughs) of course, we're self interested, of course, we're distracted. But when you see that, acknowledge it. Go to Jesus with that, and he will make you good soil. He reveals himself to the humble. He's near to the the broken. He's far from the proud. I mean, right, just go with the, like, garden agricultural image. If you ever see, like, a well-manicured garden and yard, you realize that took a tremendous amount of work. It's why my garden, I don't even have a garden okay? It's why my yard uh, is typically horrible, because I've never seen a garden weed itself. I've never seen a garden remove rocks from itself. I've never seen a garden add add fertilizer itself and just get soft. It takes a gardener to do work upon it. And see, this is the good news. There is no secret out there that you've got to do to get your life together, to soften your heart, to kind of try harder so that you're more focused and less self-righteous, No, that's the gardener's job. And the gardener is Jesus, the good one, the gracious one. And the way your heart becomes good soil is the first time or a thousandth time recognized there's all kinds of pride. (laughs) There's all kinds of distraction. And I don't have to get rid of those things before Jesus will love me. When I turn, I find, oh, he doesn't just preach words. The seed is the word himself. Jesus is the word become flesh. Jesus came into this world, and Jesus died on a cross and was planted in soil and resurrected to new life. He died on the cross for our hard hearts, our distracted hearts, our our, uh, self-interested hearts, and it is him that will bring new life. And so the hope, the hope for a, a soft heart is not in myself and my own efforts, it's in Jesus, the gardener, and who he is and what he's done. Jesus was not frustrated with the disciples when they came to him and said, I don't don't get this. Why are you doing this? No, he revealed himself to them. He loves that humility. And it's his life, his death, his power in you that actually begins to soften your heart. So I'll finish with with this. There's an old movie. I don't recommend it. It wasn't that good. Ashton Kutcher, uh, Kevin Costner. It's called The Guardian. But um, it was about the Coast Guard. And so you watch all these amazing rescues that, you know, Hollywood and Ashton Kutcher are doing. What you begin to find out is any time that someone is making a rescue of someone drowning uh, out in the ocean, the biggest problem the rescuers had is when the rescuer would show up, <coughs> they tried to assist them in rescuing them. Like they would kind of grab onto their shoulders they'd, or they'd grasp to them. Because when they were trying to rescue themselves on the Coast Guard guide, they would start pulling both of them under. And so one time, Ashton Kutcher actually has to, has to elbow his guy and knock him out so that it becomes lifeless, and then he can rescue him. Because the thing that damaged it is trying to do it yourself. That's the posture of the Christian life. That's the posture of listening. Quit trying to think you've got it figured out, or somehow you have to work yourself into a better condition, or somehow you got to get your life together before you listen to Jesus. No, sit there with a distracted, shallow hard heart and let Jesus be your salvation. Let Jesus be your righteousness. Let Jesus' grace be good enough and you will find He's the seed of life. You'll find He's done more than enough. And that that brings humility. That brings repentance that brings real life. And so that's kind of how I'll end. This is an invitation for the first time or for the thousandth time to come distracted, <laughs> proud, tired, come to Jesus. See, he's the gardener. See, he's done everything required to bring new life and listen to him because his love, his goodness really does overwhelm our hard hearts. He is enough. And that's my question. Is that good news to you this morning? If it is, then the heart is softening. Let's pray. Father, uh, you, you've given us Jesus. Uh, the word become flesh and Jesus has the words of life. So we want to be like the psalmist who says, my hope is in your word, but we, man, we just get so distracted. Uh, We get so self-absorbed. So would you come this morning by the power of your spirit, enable us to hear, enable us to receive Jesus, um, and have real joy. In your son's name I pray. Amen.